Macworld Podcast, number 17, December 14th, 2005. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Sarus Faravar. Today, we're going to be talking about the Macworld Eddie Awards. Every year, the editors here at Macworld get together, and we put our heads together, and we have a couple of meetings in, in our conference rooms, and we decide what some of our favorite products were for the past year. Um, and these can, you know, they don't necessarily have to be ones that we reviewed in the magazine previously. They don't necessarily have to be you know, ones that have won any other awards or anything else like that. They're just programs that we think are worthy of, you know, just being recognized by our editorial staff. So today on the Macworld Podcast, we're going to be bringing you interviews that I did with three of our award winners. We're going to be rolling out the Macworld Eddie Awards online at Macworld.com all this week. So be sure and check out at Macworld.com some of the articles about some of the programs that we think were the best over the past year. The first program that we're going to be talking about today on the show is a program called Sanuti. This is iTunes spelled backwards, and basically what it allows you to do is extract music from your iPod and put it onto your computer. Uh, Apple, for whatever reason, has made it really difficult to do this. You know, you can get music from a computer to your iPod very easily, but to do the reverse is difficult. So a guy by the name of Whitney Young, who's a sophomore at Northwestern University just outside Chicago, he's 20 years old, he's a computer science major, he wrote this program called Sanuti. We wanted to award him uh, an Eddie Award, so he'll be our first interview. Then we're going to do uh, another interview with a gentleman by the name Dave Nanian. He is the founder of Shirt Pocket Software, and he wrote a program called Super Duper. This is a great program that is used for making backups of hard drives or other external media. And uh, if you're moving stuff around or you're installing a lot of different hard drives, it's a great little program to have. So check that out. And, of course, all of these write-ups and, and more details can be found at Macworld.com. So check that out. Um, and our last interview will be with Rich Siegel. He is the president and CEO of Barebone Software. And we're awarding an Eddie Award to him and the rest of his company for their program, Text Wrangler, which is a fantastic uh, text editor that they recently made free and it, uh, it's just a very simple text editor. I use it all the time to do just, you know, writing articles. Sometimes, you know, I don't need the whole bells and whistles of things like Microsoft Word. So just a simple text editor is all I need. So uh, it's really fast and it's a great program and uh, they've made it free. It's even better. So kudos to them. So we're going to be going in that order. And uh, so without further ado, here is my interview with Whitney Young, the creator of Sanuti. All right, Whitney Young, thank you so much for being in the Macworld podcast. Thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations on winning a Macworld Eddie for your program, Sanuti. It's been very popular around here. Thank you very much, and thank you guys for everything that you've done so far for me. Tell us how you came up with it. Well, a while back I uh, got a new power book for college, and I had an, I, an iPod that I had all my music on, and it didn't fit on the iMac that my family was sharing at home, and we, um, I decided that I wanted to get all the music onto my computer, and that there are probably a good number of people who also wanted to do the same thing, and I probably could have just written a small script to do it, but 
figured it would be more fun to try and figure out the database and how it worked and get something that would do it kind of quickly. So I started writing it and got a little bit of help from my uh, computer science teacher in high school. And uh, after a while, I had something that read the database and was able to copy songs off. And since then, I've just been working on trying to make it easier for people to use. Now, how much programming experience do you have? Um, I started after my sophomore year in high school um, learning about... I borrowed a C++ book from a friend, and I started learning C++, and while I was doing that, I started learning Objective-C and trying to learn Cocoa as well, because I was just interested in trying to make a program that would uh, work on my computer, because... I had no idea where even to begin, and after that summer, I had the basics of Interface Builder down, but didn't really understand how to connect all that all that well, but during my senior year, I continued working on things, and uh, a lot of the work on Sanuti was done during the summer after my senior year, um, but Pretty much all the experience that I have programming is all on my website. All the source code's there for pretty much every version that I've ever done. I did a little bit of PHP work before that, but it wasn't so much object-oriented. And I didn't declare my computer science major until the end of the last year, so I've only taken two uh, computer science courses so far at Northwestern, one of which was um, an extremely basic intro class that just taught C, and I'm taking um, another introductory course right now in Scheme, so I don't actually have all that much experience. I've just been fiddling around. So do you want to be a programmer professionally when you graduate from Northwestern? I have no idea yet what exactly that I want to do. Last summer I got an internship um, at T. Rowe Price in Baltimore, which is a great opportunity, something that I never expected to do working in the financial industry, and I was programming for them, but it was very interesting. I didn't know that much about finance before I started, and now I know a lot more than I possibly could have learned uh, just through classes at school, because they wanted me to uh, learn about everything that I was working for. But, I mean, that's a possibility for something to do in the future, but I really, I'm hoping that through internships and through just different experience, listen, talking to people and hearing what they have to say to find something that interests me. But at this point, I really have no idea. It's too early to really say. So you've got Sanuti out. Do you have any other programs in the works, any major updates for Sanuti that you're working on right now? Well, right now I'm extremely busy with school, so it's been very difficult to try and keep on top of things. Um, I don't have – I have – Major changes that I'm hoping to get into the works. Right now, the back end of the programs are is kind of cluttered, and I'd like to try and clean up all of the applications with the different things that I've learned since starting the program. Um, like what? Well, just the way that the objects communicate, it, it really just, it's not as clean as I would like it to be. There are a lot of things that I would love for Sanuti to be able to do. There are a lot of things that... Such as I what? Would, 
I would like to be able to have people plug in their iPod and there are a lot of people who have requested that they have one iPod and they also have an iPod Shuffle or an iPod Nano and they want to be able to take songs from one and transfer them to another. And with good reason, Apple can't provide support for that um, because they, they're afraid of getting in trouble with the record industry and people still want to be able to use their iPods with that purpose. A lot of people don't want to put their music onto their computer for space reasons. If they have a laptop, there's no point in trying to keep everything on their laptop if they have a lot of data on there also. So I would like to be able to put songs onto an iPod as well. Whether or not that's going to happen is hard to tell. It's hard to say because I don't know how much time I actually have to work on it, but I'm considering taking this summer off and not trying to find an internship. Um, so far, the number of people who have donated has astounded me. I never expected to make any money at all off of the programs that I made available for free, and I've made far more than I ever expected that I possibly could, and the donations have, I mean... How much have before, people donated? Generally, it's 5 to $10, sometimes up to 20 per person. But um, aggregate, but, how much? Uh, I'd rather not say. It, it's really been the, the support of people that has fueled my desire to continue working on these applications. Um, there's a lot more people who are interested in the applications that I, than I ever thought. I've gotten a lot more publicity than I ever thought that I possibly would. And it's really that. I mean, I could have stopped with what I started with and um, just left it at that, but people's interest in having something work for them has really kept me going. And making it simple for people is another thing as well, because the files are there on your iPod, and you're able to get to them, but it's not something that the average user could do, and that's kind of the point of OS X, is to be able to use your computer, just just anybody should be able to use the computer and do, have it do exactly what they want it to do, and, and I think that I think it's unfortunate that Apple hasn't been able to provide some some features for iPod users that they really would like to have. I know Apple could do everything that I've done a million times better if they did it, but unfortunately, with the way that the music industry is dealing with the um, digital music, they can't do that. All right, well, great. Well, Whitney Young, thank you very much, and congratulations in, again for winning an Eddie. Well, thank you very much. Best of luck to you in the future. Thank you. And that was Whitney Young, the young programmer who is a computer science major at Northwestern University, the creator of Sanuti. Now we're going to be cutting to an interview that I did with Dave Nanian, founder of Shirt Pocket Software and the creator of our next Eddie Award winner, Super Duper. Dave Nanian, thank you so much for being on the Macworld podcast, and let me be the first to congratulate you on winning a Macworld Eddie Award. Thanks very much, sir. It's, it's, it's really, really exciting, I have to say. Now, tell us, how did Super Duper get started? What was your thought process? Um, 
actually Super Duper came out of a collaboration between Bruce Lacey and myself uh, a couple of years ago. We were both working together to test some software, and Bruce had written a cool little shell script originally that made the testing process easier, kind of laying the uh, the the um, the baseline for doing sandboxing. Um, and then he actually built an entire little application that did the same kind of thing I saw a lot of promise in. So I made a proposal to him. I said, you know, that I would uh, reinvent the user interface and uh, design a product plan and do documentation and support and marketing and all the other things, and he could concentrate on doing the programming. And we would build what was, in essence, uh, super duper. And that's what we did. So tell me about sort of the evolution of the product. How is it changed in ways that you maybe didn't expect to have people written into you asking you to put in certain features or take things out or things like that? Yeah, we always look really closely at input from users and users are never shy to uh, share the things that they want the product to do in the future. Uh, We had a pretty specific direction that we knew we wanted the the program to go in and um, we've kind of been laying the, the foundation for that over time. So, for example, scheduling was something that we knew we wanted really early on, but also knew that we couldn't just toss it in there. We wanted to make sure we had it in right. So we took some of the ideas that we had and then ran through a lot of of testing and running it by people and made sure that even if we didn't implement all the things that users were asking for, we we covered the majority of cases. You know, one of the hardest things to do in in product development is actually to say no. It's easy to say yes and just put everything in. But our goal has always been to have something that is as simple to use as possible with as few options as we can possibly get away with. And so a lot of SuperDuper's development is honing things down as opposed to putting more things in or trying to hide a lot of power behind something that's very simple on the surface. Mm-hmm. Now, is this how you make your primary living? I was looking at your website earlier, and it seems like you have a relatively small software development operation out there in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is my job. I do it full-time, about 18 hours a day. Um, yeah, this, this is how I make my living. Although I, I have, in the past, I've run and sold a number of companies and products, so... Um, I, I wasn't starting from, from macaroni and cheese and then building up to where we are today uh, because of the uh, savings that I had along those lines. Do you find that it's a solitary existence being sort of a lone programmer in your house? <laughs> Actually, not so much. Um, one of the really amazing things about the Internet with things like Skype and iChat and all this other stuff is that you've got acquaintances from all over the place and we're constantly talking to you at any given time. And uh, I'm fortunate being in Massachusetts that I'm surrounded by lots of, of friends and fellow developers and all sorts of stuff, and we get around, uh, go around together all the time. So it's, it's not that, that isolating. Mm-hmm. Not as isolating as you might think. <laughs> So what's next for you? You've got Super Duper, you've won an Eddie. What's uh, what are you going to do next? I, that's a really good question, and uh, part of it is laying the groundwork for the various Super Duper versions that are going to come out uh, in the 2.0 series. So we've got some kind of cool plans in those lines, and also laying longer term plans for version three. And I've got a couple of other ideas for products in various areas of the market that I can't really share, but. Um, 
I'm not, not even stopping. A <laughs> um, I, they one of them certainly does plug into a lot of the areas that I've worked in before with with digital music and uh, and iTunes. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, we try to be kind of eclectic, or I try to be kind of eclectic, and uh, there, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there, which is fun. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dave Nanny, and, and once again, congratulations from all of us at Macworld. Thank you very much for, for the wonderful Eddie. We really appreciate it here. Well, keep doing good work. I'll try. Thank you. Thanks. That was Dave Nannion, founder of Shirt Pocket Software and the creator of our Eddie Award winner, Super Duper. Now for our final interview, we're going to be hearing from Rich Siegel. He is the president and CEO of Barebone Software, and we awarded Barebone Software a 2005 Eddie Award for their program, Text Wrangler. Rich Siegel, thank you very much for being on the Macworld podcast, and let me be the first to congratulate from us over here at Macworld on winning a 2005 Eddie Award for Text Wrangler. Well, thanks very much. It's it's uh, really a great honor to receive this award. This is the third year in a row that one of our products has won uh, the Eddies, and, and we're pretty gratified by that. And, of course, we want to thank all of our devoted customers and, and followers for all of their recognition as well. They've really been a great source of inspiration to us over the years. Now, recently, Text Wrangler went from being a paid product to a free product. Why did that happen? Well, we wanted to provide a reference implementation of a, of a text editor for Mac OS X. We've got a, a time-tested and, and reliably proven editing engine. We've got a nice and clean and functional UI. And really, when you look at Text Wrangler on Mac OS X, it, it does represent the platform well to somebody who's looking at the Mac or, or just looking for a good product of this sort. And, um, you know, we just we just wanted to provide that, to, to put that out there uh, so that there is a good standard reference for, for text editors on Mac OS X. Uh, of course, there is a, a nice uh, cross-upgrade, as we call it. Uh, text Wrangler customers can, can upgrade to BBEdit at a substantially discounted price from the regular retail, and that's really just our gratitude for them, to them for taking the time to try out Text Wrangler and, and to use it. Now, for those who might not be familiar with Text Wrangler versus BB Edit, as you just mentioned, one of your other products, what is the difference between the new free version of Text Wrangler and the BB Edit Lite that is still free as far as I'm aware? Um, well, BB Edit Lite's been officially discontinued and unsupported for a number of years now. And really the differences are... are Enormous. I don't think I could go through all of them in the uh, in the amount of time that we have here today. Uh, it's just an infinitely more powerful and, and functional product than BB Edit Lite was in, in Text Wrangler. So if you're still using, if you're out there and you're still using BB Edit Lite on Mac OS X, definitely take a moment and download Text Wrangler, and you'll see the differences instantly and for a pretty long time to come. Uh, the, the ones that do come immediately to mind are that uh, Text Wrangler is scriptable. Uh, it's got uh, syntax-driven text coloring for uh, a whole bunch of built-in languages. Um, we've got Unicode support, and, and that's just the very beginning. Now, obviously, your programs, Text Wrangler and BBEdit, are generally designed, it would seem, in my view, to be produced 
and developed for programmers, for developers, for you know people who write software. But I know that myself and some of my other colleagues in journalism use BBEdit all the time for just simple note taking when you know it's not worth it to fire up Microsoft Word or a more you know more advanced word processor. Have there been any surprising uses for some of your programs, BBEdit, Text Wrangler, or any of the others that you've come across? Um, well, in fact, uh, hearing from writers has been one of the uh, the bigger surprises that we that we've had uh, in terms of the sort of, of customer. But on reflection, it wasn't actually that surprising because it turns out that BBEdit and Text Wrangler really uh, let you get much closer to what you're writing than a full boat word processor would. So uh, it, it, it's a, it does make a certain amount of sense. One of the more surprising uses that I've seen is that uh, scientists in bioinformatics are are using our products. Um, really? We've seen a, a decent amount of feedback from people who uh, use Text Wrangler or BBEdit to help them sequence genome data, help help them grind and analyze genome data, and that's pretty cool and, and kind of surprising as well. So you guys must take a certain pride in that, knowing that your products are at the cutting edge of bio research. We do, and and our products turn up in in a lot of a lot of interesting places. You know, a lot of uh, web developers back in the mid-90s picked BBEdit as their reference for doing web design and implementation, and that's very much the same as it is today. If you're doing a web front-end or a web back-end, uh, one of our products is probably involved if you're using Mac OS X for that work. Great. Well, what's, what should we look forward to the future from Barebone Software? Well, um, of course, BBEdit is, is always being worked on, always being developed. We've gotten some great feedback from our customers, uh, both uh, both recently and, and over the years, and that helps us direct our development. So I think you can look forward to you know, major new versions of BBEdit. We've got some new product ideas that we've got on the boil, and, and uh, those should be finished cooking relatively soon as well. So I would say keep an eye on us, because you can't really be sure what we'll come up with next. Any announcements that we should be looking for in the coming months, particularly around Macworld Expo? Uh, nothing specific, no. We, as, as a matter of policy, we, we don't talk about uh, anything that we haven't actually shipped yet. So when we, when we have new stuff ready to go, we'll definitely be making an announcement, though. Great. Well, Rich Siegel, thank you so much for being on the Macworld podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, and, and thanks again for recognizing us. Keep up the good work, and congratulations again to all of you at Barebone Software. Thanks very much. Thanks. And that about wraps it up for the second-to-last podcast of the 2005 year. If you've got any other ideas, suggestions, comments, questions, rants, raves, anything else like that, feel free to send me an email. My email address is cfaravar at macworld.com. And uh, we're going to be just having one more two weeks from now on December the 28th, just before the new year. So we hope you have a great holiday season. And be sure and check out macworld.com for all the latest Mac-related news coming up this month. And we hope you're all getting ready for Macworld Expo, which will be right here in San Francisco, about a few blocks from the Macworld offices uh, in early January, just after the new year. 
All of our staff is going to be out in force, giving you all the latest news and all the latest announcements from Apple, uh, which will be coming up, as I said, in January 2006. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Saru Svaravar with the Macworld Podcast. <laughs>